So, John, say you're in prison for 20-odd years. Which celebrity do you choose to be your best friend? So, is this the best friend who's going to conveniently narrate my life? The best friend who's going to come in halfway through and exonerate me of my crime? Or the best friend who's going to spend the whole time trying to rape me? Is there one answer that fits all three of those boxes? Uh, Yes, and that man is Brian Blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Put a lot of images in my head all at once. Mm -hmm. Okay. He'd be great at at least two of those things. Yeah. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And today is a returning very special guest, my brother Sam. Aww. Hi. Hiya. Hi Sam. Hi, again. You know, you, your brother's been on this podcast twice now. No yeah. member of my family has been on it even once. Why, why not? Why, why haven't you invited your family on? I have, my, I have my reasons. What's wrong with your family? <laughs> Multiple things. <laughs> it wasn't. This was, it wasn't a complaint. Just an observation. No, okay. Okay. Do your family listen to this podcast, John? I really hope not. <laughs> Based on the answer I gave at the top of this episode, I very much hope not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this week is part two of our uh, season of films based off Stephen King novels, and we're mm. doing Shawshank Redemption, which was always going to be in this season. It's that, that obscure, little-known film, mm-hmm. unloved, unseen. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd give it some much-deserved attention. Yes, the mm-hmm. number one film in the IMDb Top 250 list, which, of course, we all know is the most definitive list in the world. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yes, mm. it is routinely ranked at number one on IMDb. Wow. So, yes, just ahead of The Godfather. I mean, it's crap, that list. I had a look through it today. Inside Out is all the way down at number 200. Or 199 or something. There's multiple pick. Like, Up is above that. Up's great and all, but it's not Inside Out, is it? I feel like the IMDb list is the definitive ranking of what straight white men like. (laughs) (laughs) It's very like, here's all the films straight white men watch. It's The Godfather, Shawshank Redemption, Lord of the Rings. Green Book is quite high. Green Book is doing very well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Mm. Oh, well. Sam, did you choose this film? Or did you... Uh, I think I was guided to choose this film. Okay. <laughs> a gentle hand yes, pushed yes. you in the direction of Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, a gentle beyond-the-box-set hand from mm-hmm. one of your back-office team. Great. Um, <laughs> that is how I like to refer to Harry all the time. <laughs> back-office Just part team. of my back-office team. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds rude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't like it. <clears throat> I chose to be here. I'm not good. here under duress. Good, good, good. That's um, what we like to hear. And I'm. Um, That's and, what I told uh, him to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and the the Shawshank Redemption was um, made out to be a good choice that I could, you know, yeah. get behind. Is that, am I saying this right? Yeah. Just about. Just about yeah. right. Are these are the lines that we rehearsed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So, so you've seen the film. I have many good. times. Good, good, good. And you like it. <laughs> That's a hard question. So I rewatched it again recently this uh-huh. week and remembered that actually I've seen it enough times to know what happens as it's happening. You yes, know, almost being able to recite bits of the script. I don't know. I know it too well. I think, and I was also um, yeah reminded that it's not 
Um, there are parts of it which are alright. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're coming in hot this week. We are. <laughs> <laughs> there are parts of it that are alright. Wow, okay. <laughs> Depends on your mindset. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I was watching this film years before, my mindset was clearly different. Maybe mm-hmm. I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Now I'm weathered. So what changed? I got into my 30s. What? Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what bits... Like, come on, specifically, what uh, didn't live past the last decade? What was good in your 20s and is not so good now? I think I enjoyed the story mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I think I've been spoiled by Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's bits of that, definitely. Yeah, because, like, in a way, that's like um, a retelling of a, you know, life in jail kind mm-hmm. of thing. Is it prison or jail? Yeah. Prison, I guess. Well, either or. Yeah. Is there a difference? I don't know. I think there is, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> okay, great. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like that moved the conversation on a bit. And so I feel like, yeah, the Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption is now slightly dated. Yeah. It is in some ways. Like, yeah. I think it's still telling a really good story. It's just Orange's New Black has, it's kind of, it's told similar stories in a different way. Like, say, 28 Days Later, for example, as a zombie movie, is a really good film that tells a very interesting story but it's just a standard day in the day of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. TV show which does that every week. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, John? No, I like this film, I do. I actually thought of Orange is the New Black as well. I mean, it's an obvious comparison. But also because watching this film, I realised it's quite TV-ish in many ways. Like, well, famously, it is a film that, despite being hugely popular, actually bombed at the box office when it came out. It didn't make a lot of money at all. And it only became popular when it was rerun on cable. So for a film that is the number one most popular film on the world's number one film website, it's (laughs) actually a film that very few people have seen in, relatively, have seen in the cinema. Mm. More people will have experienced it on television. I certainly did. I remember seeing it on TV many times. Like It was always on Channel 4, Mm. uh, late nights, you know. Probably watched it much earlier in life than I was supposed to, but yeah. But yeah, because it's quite, quite long. It is, isn't it? And it's also weirdly, it has quite an episodic structure, I think. I I think it would fit quite well as a miniseries. You've got like, there's, there's definite chapters. There's like, how... Andy Dufresne went to prison chapter and then there's How How Befriended Red chapter stuff about the library yeah and then oh yeah How He Sets Up the Library that's not a chapter there's that little sad chapter with the older guy who gets you know released Mm. and then there's the chapter where the young guy who looks like Elvis Presley comes in and you know it's very like there's not one I mean there are themes that run through the whole thing but it's Mm. two and a half hours long and it definitely has it feels quite segmented you can Mm. very much easily see how it would be five or six half hour Mm -hmm. episodes if it was released today yeah so yeah in that sense it reminded me a lot of that I, I think it's a nice film I do I think it's a very good film I, I wanted to, to ask both of you like regardless of your own feelings on it why do you think this film is like the number one really what is it know. about this do you think makes people think this is the best film do you think it's just it's difficult to find bad things in it mm-hmm. like Sam you said that you found things that Orange and New Black has already done and so you're kind of more familiar with these things. It's not doing mm. much new things. But I imagine most of the reviews of this film came out before Orange is New Black. Did of course, it? yes. Oh, yeah. No, it's um, been number one on IMDb <clears> for like 15 <throat> years. Like As long as IMDb has been around, I think <clears throat> this and The Godfather have like tussled at the top. I yeah, because yeah. I've asked myself this for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it better than Star Wars or Avengers sure. or, you know, things that I like? Mm. I know. 
Uh, one key thing is that um, neither of those films or most of the other films in the world don't have Morgan Freeman's voiceover. This that, is true. That's yeah. a solid plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then Bruce Almighty then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's no voiceover parts to Bruce Almighty. Yeah, but he's playing God. Mm-hmm. Come on, that's that's pretty good casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. comedy though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Comedy doesn't do very well in these kind mm-hmm. of lists. Yeah. But yeah, m- my thing is just this film doesn't really have any negative points. Yeah. Am I, am I wrong? Can you think of any? No, I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that it's like anything that's going to be number one is often going to be slightly bland because it's going to mm-hmm. be something that the mass agrees is the least offensive thing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the other things in the top ten, they're things like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings that have like enormous fan bases in mm. a, a very motivated fan bases and they are franchises or like The Godfather which is like almost universally considered like a a true masterpiece in mm-hmm. a way that I don't think The Shawshank Redemption necessarily is mm-hmm. I mean a, a lot of people say it's a great film and it is a great film but I don't think it's like spoken of in the same way that The Godfather is spoken of as being like this apex of what cinema can achieve yeah so yeah, I think a lot of it is just down to, like you say, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's millions of films that there's nothing wrong with. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I just wonder if it, like, I'm genuinely interested, like, because I, I was kind of being a bit flippant when I said, oh, it's the straight white man's, you know, choice. But that is, IMDb is famously the preserve of that kind of, that's kind of the, mm-hmm. what it's weighted to. Do you think this film, like, says something about being a man that really resonates with people? Because there's no, also there's no women in it. Like, it's very much yeah. a male film. Yeah. yeah. I don't, it's not a film about men's issues, though. Is no. It? But I mean, I, I'm just... Not, 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 not majorly. It's more of a film just inmates, and it's set in one prison, sure. and prisons are all yeah. segregated by gender. Yeah, and I don't mean like an an, an, issue, an issue, but what I mean is like, does this film? And I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying this is correct or not. I'm just asking the question: Does this film like resonate in a way that may, it must do that really strikes a chord with men in some kind of way that makes them regard it so highly? Like, I mean, does it resonate with you guys on a particularly emotional level? Just as you know. Probably when I was younger, yeah. yeah, which is why I watched it so many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to go back in time in my brain to mm-hmm. that previous version of me to sure. be like, why did you like the film so much, Sam? Mm-hmm. <sighs> He's coming up with blanks. Mm-hmm. What about, I mean, you've not even, did you even like it, Harry? You've not even given your review yet. Right? Oh, I really enjoyed it. Okay, and yeah. you, you must have seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times before. Most recently, I watched it a couple of weeks ago for my other podcast, Two Geeks, Two Movies. Sure. We don't speak about that podcast here. Oh, do we not? Oh, no. sorry. No. Uh, we speak about it on the box out on that one sometimes. Well, that's fine, but we don't speak about this one here. Oh, well, that's the rules. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> listeners, if you have any interest in whatever John no, doesn't, want, no. doesn't want you to hear... You <laughs> the know forbidden where, podcast, yeah. <laughs> goes Two Geeks, Two Movies. You know where to go. Yeah. Who's <laughs> the one that censors this podcast again? I edit it, so that's yeah, why. Yeah. Oh, crap. Edit, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. Two Geeks to Movies is great. Enjoy it. <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, yeah no, I uh, ha- had a really good time with this, and it was only watching it recently that it made me realise that the whole bit of him escaping prison is kind of a twist at the end. Like, mm. I remember it that that's what the film was about, yeah. but it's really not about that. That's No, it, yeah. It's very much like, oh, by the way, that was happening the whole time, and mm. you didn't know. Mm-hmm. But now you do. Yeah. Well, I sometimes wonder if this film is so popular because it has a great ending. Mm-hmm. Like, it's. A, I really think it's a good film from start to finish. I'm, I'm not trying to shiss on the film. But I definitely think when a film ends in a way that leaves you feeling completely satisfied, mm-hmm. it may make you think that the entire film is as good as the ending was. And I think this film has a great ending. Like, who doesn't mm-hmm. love that ending of him, like, crawling through this It's fantastic this when and... that happens and all the stuff that comes out about the warden and stuff and just all these plans... Yeah, go, in, go go into motion and yeah. work mm-hmm. perfectly. Yeah, because it does. It has this, like I said, this episodic structure of like it has all these different plot lines that it kind of builds up, and then they all get resolved so nicely at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it really leaves you satisfied as a viewer. 
yeah. really. So is that Stephen King more than the film? Is that the way the story's written more than the film is put together? Possibly, but well, I mean, it's an adaptation. The actually, the, I've not read the <clears throat> original, but it's actually not a full novel. It's part of it's a short story, so right. it was significantly expanded upon. So I don't actually know yeah. how much of that came from the original novella or how much of it came from the script, which was mm-hmm. re- adapted by the director Frank Darabont. But yeah, I, I do think the I think the acting is certainly a factor as well. I think Morgan Freeman's performance in particular is one of the all time mm. greats, mm-hmm. and I think that plays a huge part in it. I think in all, if it was a different set of actors, it might not have the same kind of resonance. Maybe mm. yeah. Like, do you know who was originally supposed to play those roles? No. So the role of Andy Dufresne was turned down by multiple people. Tom Hanks turned it down. I could see yeah, that. Yeah. That would have worked probably been about the same. Maybe. Mm. I think it would have been different because I think he's a different kind of actor. But mm. it would have, if anything, he would have been more likable mm. in many ways. He turned it down because he was doing Forrest Gump. Fair enough. He, yep. won, he won the Oscar that Great. year. Against Morgan Freeman. So, you know, right decision for him. Yeah. Uh, it was turned down by Tom Cruise. Ooh. Tom Cruise. Yeah, that would have been a very different, very different <laughs> wow. movie. Yeah. yeah, not a fan of that option. Yeah, and it was turned down by Kevin Costner, who turned it down because he was too busy shooting Waterworld. <laughs> oh, he chose the. He right. chose Waterworld. This, this came up recently, didn't it? Didn't he turn yeah. on something else for Waterworld? He, yeah, he turned on a lot of stuff for Waterworld. He, Waterworld was a real passion project for him. And, uh, Waterworld was amazing. It is. Uh, it's our most popular episode. Weirdly, yeah. it has a very big cult following. It's, it's such a. Such a Interesting film. <laughs> it's and such Kevin, a mess. Kevin Costner is just such a yeah. I mean, any film that opens with your protagonist urinating is definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a tight close up on his like oily buns as he pisses into the sea, and that yeah. is the film. Well, I have an aspiration one day to kiss like Kevin Costner. Okay. <laughs> just, so just, just kit to kiss Kevin Costner. Kiss like Kevin oh, like Costner. Oh, I see. Just angrily. Yeah. yeah. It might be. It might be. I might learn it well if I mm. kiss him. Mm. That might be the best way to learn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, but also the Morgan Freeman role, <laughs> moving on, was originally actually offered to Harrison Ford. Mm. Uh, okay. No. No. Yeah. But it's, it's different, isn't it? And that, when very, I read it's that, very different. It'd be an extremely different role because yeah. he's way more confident. Mm. Not that Morgan Freeman character wasn't confident, but Harrison Ford, I can't see being anything other than cocky. Yeah, I know. Harrison Ford would have made it like funny. Mm. I think because Harrison Ford always has that like twinkle Is this in his eyes. After eye. Star Wars. Yes, yeah, in 1984, so it's well post-Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely post-Star Wars. Yeah, it could have been a very, very different very different film. Mm. But yeah, I think... Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been anywhere near as highly rated? Not, I think without Morgan Freeman. Yeah, because mm. it... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would, is it fair to say it defined Morgan Freeman's career going forward? It, well, it's certainly... Re, it was his first film in which he did narration. Mm-hmm. And he has done, you know, that, that's become like a bit of a, you know, a bit of an in-joke now that mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman is the ultimate narrator. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely done other films where he narrates and stuff. Um, he was famous before. He did drive. Is, is, is he better than David, David Attenborough? Narrating? Mm. I'd love to have a narrator. They've both got similar kind of, you know, gravitas, I'd mm. say. Yeah. I think David Attenborough has nature and Morgan Freeman has... Everything else. Reflected, yeah, reflecting yeah. on a difficult <laughs> life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he, he was still, he, he, this was, he was nominated for the Best Actor Oscar and it was mm. his third nomination. So he was oh, okay. absolutely an established movie star. Mm. Driving Miss Daisy was in, like in the late 80s was a huge movie. So he was, okay. he was well known, but this, I mean, this is the role, you know, this is the one. It's like Tom Hanks did loads of films before Forrest Gump, but mm-hmm. Forrest Gump's always going to be mm-hmm. the quintessential Tom Hanks role. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the quintessential Morgan Freeman role. The first night's the toughest. No doubt about it. Upstairs. They march you in naked as the day you were born. 
skin burning and half blind from that delousing shit they throw on you. And when they put you in that cell, when those bars slam home, that's when you know it's for real. Old life blown away in the blink of an eye. Nothing left but all the time in the world to think about it. But what did you think of... I've lost his name now. Tim Robbins. What did you think of Tim Robbins as Andy Dufresne? Mm, subtle, understated. Hmm, yeah. I don't know, it took me ages to work out what that actor's name was. Yeah. Because I don't feel like he's... He's not had such a big frontline career. He's well known, but he's not a Tom Hanks, Morgan Freeman, Tom no, Cruise. He's not. You know, mm. No, He's more of a character actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I really realised watching it this time, actually, which I'd never really picked up on before, is that he is very much... He's not the subject of the film, he's the object of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole film, you're seeing his character... Even though he's, like, the lead in many ways, it's mm-hmm. his story. But he's all, you're always seeing him through somebody else's eyes. Mostly Morgan Freeman's eyes. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the warden's eyes. And you, you don't really get inside his head in the same way you get inside Morgan Freeman's head. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, the narration helps you with that stuff. Mm-hmm. He's always something of a mystery. And, I mean, that really changes the way you perceive the film. Because you're not in on it with him as he's trying to escape from the prison. It's a big reveal in the last half hour. Oh, mm-hmm. he's been tunneling the whole time. Yeah, and also you don't look, you don't know quite whether or not he actually has killed his wife until like two thirds in when Deus Ex Tommy shows up and has the backstory. <laughs> <you know>? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really convenient that one. Very convenient little plot device there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. What did you think, Sam, about Andy Dufresne and Tim Robbins? I think um, from the way that Morgan Freeman introduced the character, mm-hmm. uh, he fitted it really well. This kind of icy frosty individual who's mm-hmm. um pretty reserved and um that's that's the kind of role that's just you know well expressed i think so yeah yeah what you just said was really good really interesting as well to think of how the story is yeah how he's the lead but he's actually like you don't you don't really know what's going on he's anymore. always at a slight remove yeah and mm-hmm. i think if it was tom hanks playing him like you you'd immediately be like oh he didn't kill his wife he's tom yeah. hanks he's lovely oh, yeah true whereas I feel and like the the start really does make it look like <clears throat> this man could have just killed somebody. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, and yeah, you're right. Tom Hanks has never been that kind no. of villainous. No, exactly. I noticed that Tim Robbins doesn't blink very often. He does really? have kind of he definitely has like an icy quality to like the way he performs. Like you're not like inclined to like him. Like obviously, as the film goes on, you do like him and you really want good things for him, and that's why when he escapes, it's very cathartic and you feel mm-hmm. great. But again, I think that's all to do, a lot to do with the way Morgan Freeman's character, Red, projects, you know, all this goodwill onto him. Mm. But, yeah, I, I don't think he's like the most warm, heroic character that you no. see. So, yeah. so there are some theories that he is supposed to be Jesus. Well, that's definitely visible okay. on the, like, the posters or the... Front yeah, exactly, the, the posters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the yeah. posers. But just because he comes into the prison, he's kind of this blank slate and he introduces, you know art and love and hope basically mm. to the, yeah. he, best, he bestows hope on the other prisoners mm-hmm. so yeah there's some people have read it as a very religious kind of thing yeah even though like the act the most overtly religious character is the warden who's the villain of the film but, yeah you know. it's mr hadley he's captain of the guards i'm mr norton the warden you are convicted felons that's why they've sent you to me rule number one no blasphemy I'll not have the Lord's name taken in vain in my prison. The other rules, you'll figure out as you go along. I believe in two things, discipline and the Bible. Here you'll receive both. Put your trust in the Lord. Your ass belongs to me. 
okay, so another thing. What do you think of the relationship between Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins? You know, this friendship that... Mm. I liked the way that it grew. Mm-hmm. You, you saw how it, how it grew over time, because obviously it starts off where they don't know each other at all. Mm-hmm. And Morgan Freeman's just talking with his other friends, making bets about who's going to break first and stuff. Yeah. And then you yeah, cut to much, much later, and... Yeah, Tim Robbins is there joining him doing that, mm-hmm. taking those bets. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to kind of see that repeat of behavior just as a way of showing how friendships grow over time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did it well. They did, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then there was the, I don't know, there were, the, the relationship was trying to get started from, I don't know, it was a couple of months in when he first came to Morgan Freeman asking to like get some things. Mm-hmm. But then that there wasn't really like a, a strong rapport then. It wasn't until they had those beers on the roof. Mm. that then it was like yeah he's a mate and it's going to be a strong friendship mm-hmm. so it was it, it kept you guessing at the start mm. I, I love that beers on the roof scene I found that really tense but it paid off really, really nice yeah it was good but again it, it, again it brought me back to like my just wondering generally like what what is it about this film that makes people really respond to it and I wonder if is it because it's almost like a platonic love story mm-hmm. like I, I don't mean that to say that I think that they're sexually attracted to each other it's a romantic but it is it is a love story between two men and the payoff at the end of the film is just them being reunited yeah you know and it's lovely and it's real and you know i was moved by it like it is genuinely moving like it's mm. really really nice like yeah and i wonder if there's not many films that show that particularly that, that show like male friendship as like the, the, the subject of a film very often like it's a lot of the time that like films aimed at men don't really talk about that very much because men aren't very like to Broad strokes, men aren't particularly good at expressing emotion in that way. Like, so I wonder if that's part of what this film is because it's it's just one of the great films when people can be like, oh, I wish I had a, fr- I hope I had a friend like that if I go to prison or something. I mean, like, mm. Like, mm. Mm. yeah, or like a friend like that just in in normal life. Well, it's in life, sure, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Like, yeah, not just in prison, but yeah. It makes you wonder what they what they went on to do after together. Mm. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, we might find out. Yeah. We we may now. find out. Um, I, what do you think of the weird plan there was of like, okay, so Morgan Freeman or Red, when you get out, um, go to this weird <laughs> tree um, at the end of a brick wall and look under a thing and there'll be a thing there for you. But then it turns out that Andy Dufresne must have gone there after he got out of jail. It wasn't like it was already pre-planned. Oh yeah, he had a whole master, it seemed like he had yeah. this whole master, his, his plan, master plan. like. It's so many things that could have gone wrong in his master plan of just escaping from prison yeah. for you know for, for one thing, but many things afterwards as well. Mm-hmm. And he had this whole plan to like yeah, just go and leave a letter underneath mm-hmm. a, a brick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a treasure hunt. It's so exciting. Yeah, I get it. And then like I will be at this very specific location yeah. on this very specific date. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be building a boat on a beach. Yeah. You'll see me in my lovely like open neck, open like deep V white sleeveless shirt. Yeah, like, I'll, be, I'll be the one homoerotically like you know scraping barnacles and be like oh friend. <laughs> so I'll see you there. Yeah, yeah fifteen yeah. years from now. <laughs> I did think that Tim Robbins needs to enunciate more when he's like yeah. describing this very hard to pronounce Mexican town, yeah. which he doesn't write down. They make a point of the fact he doesn't write it he down. Doesn't, yeah. And he's like, oh, so we're going to meet at Zephyrfyrfyrf. <laughs> and then Morgan Freeman's like, excuse me? Oh, yeah, you know, in 15 years, if you get out of prison, just meet me at Zephyrfyrfyrf and we'll, we'll, we'll have a great life together. I was like, do you want to spell that to me, please? Yeah. <laughs> well, he sent a postcard of way across the board. He did, but he didn't yeah. put the name on it. 
Yeah, but yeah, he knew. You know, it was yeah, it, it was just it was code for red. Yeah, yeah no, sure, absolutely, yeah, but, yeah. but still, yeah, the mysterious Mexican town, which yeah. I don't know, I've not heard of it since. No, yeah, does it exist? I don't know if it's a real place. No, yeah. it's, it's somewhere on the. Just follow the beach along. Eventually, you'll find yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> be the foolproof way of finding yeah it. just walk yeah. along the entire gulf of mexico and at yeah. a certain point tim no, robbins will the be there side, isn't it? oh sorry not the gulf dude yeah yeah the coast yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking for the white guy he's not called andy anymore mm. i think you'll ever get out of here me yeah one day when i got a long white beard and two or three marbles rolling around upstairs they let me out Tell you where I'd go. Zuhatan Hill. Zu what? Zuhatan Hill. It's in Mexico. A little place on the Pacific Ocean. You know what the Mexicans say about the Pacific? No. They say it has no memory. That's where I want to live the rest of my life. One thing I was thinking about, things that get smuggled into this prison, like mm-hmm. lots of stuff gets smuggled in. Oh yeah, because Red's whole thing is he's like a fixer. And yeah. he, he can get anything you want from the he's, outside. He's a guy who can yeah. get you stuff. Yes. And so are the guards just not paying any attention to that at all? Because like some things I get you can keep subtle. Yeah. You know, like little pickaxe, hide it in your Bible, whatever. Mm. But a harmonica? Mm. Like, when does that kind of subtly come in handy? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the, the prison warden sees all the posters and he's never, he, he's not kind of like, where did yeah. you get them from? He's like, well, I don't approve, but whatever, you know, mm. whatever gets, you know, gets you through the day. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think they I don't think they particularly care. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, see no evil, hear no evil kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. It's also a soft, uh, like a, a, gentler, a gentler time because yeah. the rock hammer pickaxe thing. Mm-hmm. You could still do some damage with that. Oh yeah, you know it's six inches long. Yeah, brain song with, a with that. End, you know, it's got a sharp end. You could, you could. It's, it's a murder weapon, and mm. you know, the, I felt that that joke fell a little bit flat when um, Andy was like, "Once you see it, you'll know." Yeah, that it's not a weapon, and mm. he pulls it out, and I'm like, "It's a weapon." That's yeah, it's still a weapon. get someone to yeah. die with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but maybe I don't know. Maybe the. Uh, we've been like dulled to violence in the modern age, possibly, and, uh, yeah. and so now we're like everything's a weapon. Well, I mean, it's mm. also probably quite easy for prisons now to just say metal detector. Every bed sheet has to go through a metal detector. Get yeah. all the pickaxes out. Mm. Yeah, all, yeah. Of, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because considering it's like murder as well, like, everyone seems to be there because they've committed not just a crime, but like, they seem to be in there for like murder. Yeah. Like, it seems to be like, although Tommy doesn't, he's just in there for breaking and entering. The, the young guy who comes mm-hmm. in. So maybe they're just mixing it up, I don't know. But it seems fairly minimal security because it seems like they're just constantly like hanging <clears> out in the yard. <throat> they're not like separated. Like they've got their cells, but most of the film they're just like playing catch on the in the yard. Like, yeah. So I think I think it, I don't think it's supposed to be like the most rigorous of all the prisons. No. Yeah. I think that the thunder and lightning part was a bit much. That's yeah. that's pretty convenient. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, he, he he can't control the weather, or can yeah. he? Like, well, like you don't know when he finished the hole. Maybe he just. You know, waited to to a storm. Finished the whole waiting for a stormy night. Mm. Well, it seemed like that was the night because that was the night when Red thought he was going to hang himself because it mm. was after he'd been. It's after he gets out of solitary and he learns that Tommy's been executed. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And then he's like, get busy living or get busy dying. <clears throat> the classic quote. You don't, you don't know if that was the day after. Like it, true, the but, time shifts, it could have been many months. True, but uh, Red, Morgan Freeman's character, is kind of quite like, he says, this is the night I was most scared for Andy, and then Andy doesn't show up the next day, and it's like, oh God, has he killed himself? And then no, he's just done a runner. So mm. it's kind of implied it's the same. He mm. might have just had a really good uh, weather prediction app. Possibly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he got the rope out because he checked mm. the morning before that there was mm. a thunderstorm coming. Yeah. And he was like, oh, thunderstorm's coming. Yeah. I'll look a bit moody towards red so that he thinks the worst. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> actually, I'll bluff know, him, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, think, I reckon that he was relying on mm-hmm. there being a really vigorous thunderstorm mm-hmm. for that like weak point in his escape yeah. plan where he had to hammer through a cast iron pipe. Three blows as well. Yeah, so three, yeah. Like, well, was that made of like clay? <laughs> I, I, I was took at the like we don't, we only saw three blows. Mm. Okay, maybe. Enough. Yeah, yeah. What was he using to hit it? Is it a pickaxe? No, it was a rock. No, oh, did he get a rock? Okay, fine. The pickaxe was found in the. There was a oh, you know, you're right. It was. So yeah, it must have been just a rock. Yeah. But it was mm. a rock. He was holding a big rock. Yeah. Mm, okay. He did love his rocks. That that was kind of a plot. That was yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big on the geology. One thing that I thought. Do drains like that at the very end of them stop animals climbing in? Do they not often have bars on them? He might oh, yeah. have already. I oh, know you wouldn't have removed that. No, no, no. that was his, yeah. That's the risk he took. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I also wonder if that pipe would have actually erupted in sewage. When yeah, probably not. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's only like yeah, a third like, full. Yeah, because when he gets it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would have been pressurized sewage. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, were there that many people going to the toilet in the night? Yeah, yeah. No. Maybe that was part of his plan. He was like, because everyone flush it once. <laughs> yeah. Add a bit of plate pressure. <laughs> I'll surf it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, I often, you know, I don't often think about this. I sometimes think about, you know, when are the busy times for sewage systems? And they're, no. they're not going to be in the middle of a thunderstorm in the middle of a night in a prison. No, probably. It's going to be in the morning once everyone's had their coffee. Yeah. Um, so that will be the time when it might erupt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For some reason, I thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, these are fun to nitpick. Yeah. <laughs> and to crawl to freedom through five hundred yards of shit-smelling foulness, I can't even imagine. Or maybe I just don't want to. Five hundred yards. That's the length of five football fields. Just shy of half a mile. Um, okay, should we do some drinking games? Sure, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, I've got quite a few, actually. I bet you do. So, drink for every new poster. Oh, every new poster. Oh, so, there's the main three. It's mm. uh, Rita Hayworth, Marilyn Monroe, and Raquel Watch. Mm-hmm. But then he's got a little... He's got his Einstein one. He's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's really, like, accessorised the fuck out of that little he cell. Has, yeah, yeah. 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 Changing those posters every decade must have been right stressful for Andy. I know, right? There's a huge, giant... <laughs> he must have been very confident in his blue tack game as well. Like, yeah. There's no point where he just falls down at the wrong moment. It yeah. could all go horribly wrong. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Sandra, one? Uh, I didn't have too many. I had um, The main one I came up with was uh, uh, drink every time... It looks like a big chunk of time has passed, but you're not sure. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it is, and sometimes you're not sure. Yeah, sometimes you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a drink every time gay sex is used as a threat of violence. Okay. It does happen a lot. I mean, it's, it's prison, I get it, it's fine. But yes, that I did notice that as something of a theme with, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously the, the rapist character. Um, Boggs, is it, I think? What a name. He's got a whole plot line where he's like raping Tim Robbins for like two years, apparently. But then also the warden threatens him at the end of being like, I'll send you down to 
the, the sodomites. To the sodomites, yeah. yeah, and they'll yeah. Um, and another one I came up with was um, drink every time Morgan Freeman uses the same line again. Oh yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows how to acquire things from time to time. Mm-hmm. That's one of those lines. Yeah, but there's also I thought it was really good the way he his little parole hearings that kind of punctuate the film, where the first two times he says the exact same thing like almost word for word. But the delivery is really different. Mm-hmm. Like the first time, he's really like trying to get out, and he's like, "Like I, I swear to God, I'm, I'm a reformed man." And the second time, he's just kind of saying the same thing, but it's really rote. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's like lost all his hope. And mm-hmm. then the third time, obviously, he says what he really feels, and it's like the prison was just inside my mind the whole time. Had <laughs> <laughs> to let myself free, then I was released. <laughs> I would just be using the same material the yeah, whole yeah. time. <laughs> Because yeah, he basically tells the parole board to fuck off, and they're like, "Great, you go, you're free." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> prison sentences work. <laughs> if you've been in prison Just, for fifty years, then yeah. probably. Yeah. So I had drink every time. Red Morgan Freeman says a line that implies he might have a bit of a crush on Andy. Okay. Again, I'm not saying this is a gay love story. I know it's not. It's a straight. It's very much a heterosexual, platonic love, like friendship love story. But there are certain lines of dialogue that I did pick up, and that was like, eh, like you know, the first way he describes Tim Robbins is the, the tall drink of water. Yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll. It's the betting on who's going to like break first. Who's going to cry first? He's like, oh, I'm going to say that tall drink of water over there. And then there's bits later on where he, I don't know, just certain lines. He's like, um, yeah, I guess I could say I like him. Like, like, I just imagine like a, a slightly fruitier actor, like a, a different actor. These lines would be so camp, but Morgan Freeman's just so straight down the line that you just kind of take it on face value. Who do you really want to have played this? Ian role McKellen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want Ian McKellen. <laughs> like, there's lots of like descriptions of how like Tim Robbins walks, like how he talks. It's like, oh, he walked like nobody would ever touch him. It's like, it was just very like you know stuff that men don't often observe of a man. I just thought. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, <laughs> I could imagine a world in which this film is just about this really horny prison. Yeah. <laughs> Ian McKellen type, just like, oh, hello, Tim Robbins. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not what it is. I'm not trying to, like, it would be a really a entertaining film, but, though, if, yeah, it was, yeah. if it was that, just on the yeah, nose exactly. about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, drink anytime anybody goes into solitary. Mm, yeah. Bit of a theme in front of the film. So, does Red go to solitary at any point, or is it just no. Tim Robbins? I think it's just not Tim Robbins, Robbins, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Red, Red's pretty good, well behaved. Yeah. Mm. Does I think Tim Robbins, doesn't the young guy go into solitary at one Why point? does Tommy go to solitary? Oh, I don't remember. No, I don't mm. think he does. I could swear somebody else does. Whatever. Move okay. on. Okay, sure. But yes, he, he spends a lot of time in solitary. Yeah. Oh, Boggs goes to solitary. That's oh, yeah. what I was thinking yeah. of. Thank Boggs you. goes to solitary, and then he gets uh, beaten almost to death. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a drinking game which uh, I thought actually would not make a good drinking game uh, <laughs> very pleased share it was you have to drink every time someone gets beaten up yeah no, that'd be a good drinking that'd game that'd be an awful people, drinking yeah game. I mean it would yeah. be it'd be a bit bleak but yeah. it would get you through it yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. people yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sometimes you need to be a bit bleak yeah mm-hmm. or drink every time someone dies yeah 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 also bleak yeah Way <laughs> the, the, the old guy hangs himself. Way <laughs> <laughs> saddest moment in the movie. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay, well, I've actually come up with the worst ever drinking game for this movie, which is drink every time a woman speaks. <laughs> oh, 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 wow! Yeah. And again, the, 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 in the shop, maybe even then, the wife has like a couple of like. 
I don't even think she even has lines, but she has like sex noises at the beginning. Yeah. And then yeah, there might be there might be a woman in a shop at some point, and then that's mm. literally it. I think the woman who has the most lines in the entire film is Rita Hayworth in the when they're watching Gilda. Yeah. The, yeah. the black and white film when mm-hmm. she does the hair flip, which is like mm-hmm. her famous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which again, I know it's like it was a different time. It was, it was <laughs> <laughs> what, that nineteen ninety four was a different time. No, 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 nineteen forty. Like the film set like the the forties. Oh, like yeah, and yeah. when that film Gilda came out, it was like a sex like well considered the most erotic. It is genuinely like considered one of the sexiest scenes of all time when like actress like flips her hair back. But again, just Morgan Freeman like oh, I love the way she does her hair like that. <laughs> just, just, just added to my general <laughs> feeling about Morgan Freeman in this film. Like, <laughs> Just yeah. the way I'll talk to you when she's flipped her hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah, wait, 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 wait. Here she comes. This is the part I really like, just when she does that shit with her hair. Oh, yeah, I know. I've seen it three times this month. Ah. Gilda, are you decent? Me? God, I love it. Um, drink anytime anybody smuggles something or subtly gives someone something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's a, here's a harmonica. Don't let anybody see. Yeah. <laughs> just don't use it for its only purpose because people will notice. <laughs> just hold it and look at it. Yeah. yeah. But subtly. I did, well, again, like we were saying before, like, because obviously Red is the getter and like, obviously these smuggles in stuff like cigarettes and like, okay, that's mm. pretty easy. You know, stick it under a blanket or maybe a shovel before, mm-hmm. you know, classic prison. But like the Risa Hayworth poster, it's like in a giant like, yeah. tube. I was like, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that been hidden? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Any more? I'm out. Uh, I think that's. Oh, drink for monologues. It's an obvious one. Of course, yeah. One, yeah. And narration. And narration, yeah. yeah. Same, yeah. Um, drink anytime anybody talks about why they're in here. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm. A lot of people talking about that. Many at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, drink anytime Red takes off or puts on his hat. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, wow. There is a lot of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, have fun with that. Okay. Um, and finally, drink anytime anybody says the word innocent. Oh, okay, sure. Because there's no guilty man in Shawshank. Exactly, no. They're all innocent. He was the only guilty man. He was the only guilty man. He's the only one who admits that he did, in fact, kill people. But the the young guy as well was like... Yeah, he's like, I did it, yeah. yeah. But he just just broke and entered. He didn't kill anyone, so, Mm. yeah. Uh, Yeah, again, it's interesting that, like, the most sympathetic character in this film is a murderer, and it's like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't know the circumstances. It never tells you, so... Yeah. No, which is good because mm. that'd be a difficult thing for Morgan Freeman to film. Yeah, I don't think they should have made his character more villainous. Do you think it would have made much of a difference if they hadn't given Tim Robbins a convenient out? Like if they just they'd, they'd left it ambiguous whether or not he'd killed his wife. Hmm. Because I don't think it really needed that necessarily. No, I don't think it did. I guess because you have to think of him as a hero. Yeah, mm. you have to think of him mm. as a good guy. Yeah, somebody who's just been screwed over by the system, pretty mm. much. Yeah. Or else, yeah, then you're not really rooting for him. True. But then, surely... If it's, if it's ambiguous, then yeah, I get it. But then surely prison... I would feel like a prison movie, it should be about the hope of redemption. And, like, if you can't believe that he's well, able to be redeemed... In many ways, I think it might be more interesting or more powerful to be like, well, yeah, he did it, but now he's... So was it technically a redemption, then? That was, I was also going to ask that. Who is being redeemed in the Shawshank Redemption? Mm. Morgan Freeman. I guess. Well, they, but I guess... Yeah, I feel like Tim Robbins, Andy Dufresne redeems the other prisoners through the power of, you know, art and education and mm-hmm. and beer. <laughs> you know, yeah. All the things he bestows on them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> dignity, you know, he gives them dignity and hope and, you know, yeah. lets them feel like human beings again. So, yeah. But he doesn't get redeemed. 
Well, he seems like he's more the redeemer. But yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to because he's innocent. But like, yeah, if he was... But also he's trapped in there. Like, yeah, he when, is trapped, yeah. When there's a way out for him, mm. um, the warden is like, no, and keeps wants to keep him there forever. And so, yeah. yeah, it's not his redemption, I don't think. No. A lot of people said that that was the reason the film didn't do very well is because the title didn't like immediately give you a sense of what the film was about. Mm-hmm. Also opened in the same like month as Pulp Fiction and Forrest Gump said. It was like, literally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the dire- apparently the, the director went to see a screening like a public screening to see because mm-hmm. he wanted to watch an audience watching his film to get a sense yeah, of how people yeah. were responding to it uh, which is quite a common thing like so he went to like an evening showing the week it came out and it was empty there's no one there <laughs> oh. <laughs> how brutal because it really tanked it completely bombed but then it like, got loads of Oscar nominations and then it oh, kind of built so up gutting. I know especially considering it's like such a good film mm. it's not like you'd be like oh well I hope maybe someone will like it it was like such a obviously brilliant film but just nobody saw it in the cinema originally mm. and then obviously over time yeah. wow mm. yeah. <laughs> that was <felt> awful yeah <laughs> so rare we actually go to a, a completely empty screening it happens yeah but like it's also much more rare that it's our film <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do you know the director went on to direct The Walking Dead really Frank Darabont the, he got fired after like season two right? he, was, mm. he was the one who got fired like quite acrimoniously Oh, right. Well, that guy's not had a very weird career. Yeah, well, he directed the Green... <laughs> he, he did a lot of Stephen King. He directed The Mist, which is another Stephen King movie, mm. and The Green Mile. So mm-hmm. he did a lot of Stephen King stuff. And then he went on to do some work with The Walking Dead. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so before we get some sequels, uh, I just want to let you listeners know that we are available on patreon.com slash set. So if you have enjoyed any of these episodes, this one or any previous ones, then please go to patreon.com slash set and support us for as much or as little as you think we're worth. If you do, you get a few bonus features... You get a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review cinema releases every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good time. What's our latest episode been on? We just released Spider-Man, I think. And um, we've got oh, The yeah. Lion King coming out next week. Yes, yes. Great. I mean, they'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this episode. Yes, it but, will be. Uh, yes. mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're there. And uh, I'm sure we'll get Once Upon a Time in Hollywood done as soon as it comes out. But it's a bit behind in the UK, so... Yes, it's already in... I've looked through the IMDb top list. Is it already in the list. top 250? It's already in the top 100, I think. Well, doesn't that just <laughs> prove my point? <laughs> you know, new Cat Tarantino, great. The straight boys assemble. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that didn't happen for Mamma Mia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, if you become a Patreon, then you can have a 30-second advert slot. slot. Schlott. Hello, Sean Connery. Schlott. Yeah. <laughs> On Tremaine Show, mm-hmm. um, where you can talk about anything that you want. Uh, it could be your own podcast, your own business, or something else. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything you want to talk about for 30 seconds, Sam? Um, or less, you know. Or more. I, well, not more. I it costs have, you extra after 30. Oh, yeah. You have to pay How much extra is it going to cost me? It's a pound a word after the first 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> if I use two words extra. Sure, yeah. Um, no, I have, I have nothing that I have to say apart from that I have nothing to say. Okay. Well, well if you live in Bristol in the United Kingdom... Is it Bristol that... No, it's Oxford. Oxford. I'm sorry, Oxford. I've, what a terrible plug. I'm so sorry. I'll start I mean, that again. If you live in Oxford in the United Kingdom... And you're I mean, a, two of my other siblings now live in Bristol. So, so. yeah, and it, there, there was, there was, yeah, I'm sure there were reasons for that. <laughs> if you live in Oxford in the United Kingdom and you're a particular cycling enthusiast, then Broken Spoke Co-op, you should definitely get in touch with. They do bicycle repairs and lots of bicycle-related things, I imagine. Workshops and training and things yeah you've got all of that right that's good, great yeah. you really went I, probably, I see you on social media you know yeah, yeah. you've got it that's excellent good. yeah so is, is there a website broken spoke yeah it is if you google broken spoke oxford sure. you find it right the cool. website is the 
very clunky abbreviation of Broken Spoke Bike Co-op. Uh-huh. Great. <laughs> Impossible to really read out over the phone or podcast. <laughs> well, there we go. There's a nice lukewarm <laughs> plug for the Broken Spoke Co-op in Oxford. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, on, I'm actually on vacation at the moment. So, okay, um, so you, yeah. You don't, here you don't. I am not talking about work. Phone, I'm sorry to bless oh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then finally, the last thing you get, uh, if you become a Patreon, you get to pick an episode for us once a month. Well, one Patreon does, at least. Yes. You can come and guest on the show if you want. You don't have to, though. But you can still pick the film. We'll do it anyway. It's up yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So that's that. All available at patreon.com slash set. Excellent. Thank you very much. Great. Hi, I'm Lee, and I host Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Each episode, a guest and I talk about the game series and the fantastic community surrounding it. From artists, to streamers, cosplayers, and podcasters, we talk about how a dog, a duck, and a boy in silly shorts teaches us that our friends are our power. You can find the show on iTunes or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice, at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Yeah, okay, so it's time for sequels. Um, John, you want to go first then? And Sam, you're in the middle? I'll be in the middle. Sounds good. Cool. Okay, so this week I have gone for kind of a direct sequel. I thought, you know, fairly straightforward. I thought, like, the original movie kind of posits that Andy Dufresne is an innocent man falsely accused of Mm. murder. So my sequel just poses the question, what if he wasn't? What if he wasn't innocent? What if he was not innocent, potentially? Okay. So uh, it picks up. 20 years later, obviously the film was released 20 years ago, so that makes sense. Um, mm. Maybe like 20, closer to 25 now, but you know, roughly 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And we, through the medium of a good old-fashioned Morgan Freeman monologue, I feel like we should learn that Andy and Red are still living the good life in that unpronounceable Mexican town. I think it's <laughs> Zawateneo. Zawateneo. They're in Zawateneo, yes. That lovely blue-screened, you know, mm-hmm. paradise. They've been there for 20 years, they're well-established, and they're just living together, and they have set up a successful fishing business. I'm thinking kind of like, again, Forrest Gump, you know, like when he has his fishing with Lieutenant Dan kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Something like that. They've got a little, little trawler boat. and Because the last thing we saved them before the credits roll in the actual film is Tim Robbins, you know, kind of scouring his boat. And uh, then mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman walks up to him and they embrace. I'm like, maybe that's the start of something. Maybe they set up a fishing business, you know, mm-hmm. and just live. You know, they're not mega wealthy, but they're just making a living in this beautiful Mexican paradise. So that's where they're at. Throughout that time, over those 20 years, uh, Red, the Morgan Freeman character, has kept in touch with all of his friends at prison through the medium. You know, he's been writing them letters and he's invited them all to come down and join them as and when they get released, you know. Right. So essentially, they've set up a nice retirement home for ex-cons. <laughs> a little retirement facility in Mexico, you know. Yeah. Everyone just breaks their parole, goes down to this town in Mexico, and they've got this nice little community of, like, old-timey... You know, just to save like characters like you know the old man in the original film had that very sad narrative where he gets out and he doesn't know anyone and you know he, he ends up killing himself and it's all very sad. So to prevent that happening to all the other characters, I thought like maybe Morgan Freeman set up this little commune scenario. By breaking parole, does that mean that they're all now wanted? Yeah, but I mean, he says, doesn't he? Like, who's going to really look for them? An old man breaks parole isn't exactly you know call a manhunt. So mm-hmm. I think we can accept that they're not going to be hugely sought after. True, true. But if loads that have been doing it all from the same prison, this is true. But I mean, you've got to think they're all getting out. At, they're not all getting out at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're yeah, all getting out at different times. So I think it's fair. You can assume that they might slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's my story. I'm sticking to it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so so Red is inviting them all to come down and join them, which they're doing. 
Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins' character, isn't quite as happy about that. He kind of had it in his mind that this is just going to kind of be a him and Red thing. He didn't oh, really okay, think it would yeah. make a whole kind of group yeah. situation, but he's kind of tolerating it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. However, not all of the ex-cons are quite as well-behaved as Red and Andy are. You know, because you know, these are violent criminals, you know, mm-hmm. we forget. So actually, as, as the community begins to grow, they start to have a lot of problems with the local kind of villages where there's lots of petty crimes happening and mm. you know, arguments are breaking out. And all of these crimes are getting blamed on the Americans who've kind of been slowly but surely building up, you know, this little community within the, I presume, quite small village. It gets to such a point that Andy and Red and all of his fellow ex-cons, they are threatened with eviction. They're told to get out of town, basically. So Andy is infuriated because he's spent decades building this peaceful life in this village that he's dreamed about for his, like, 20 years in prison, you know. Mm-hmm. He crawled for a sea of shit to get here, you know, <laughs> and now all these new people are coming in and kind of ruining it for him. Yeah. So he's not very happy. And things go from bad to worse when uh, Haywood, which is the, the red-headed prisoner who pretty was the only other one who had lines. Do you know what I mean? The guy from, the character from Die Hard 2. Yes, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the one who, yeah. <laughs> The one who at the beginning of the film, film. Is, yeah, the one who gets his uh, Brooks, the old man, tries to stab in the neck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. He gets into. He obviously comes down at a certain point, and gets into a drunken brawl with a local in a village bar, and um, that causes a lot of problems. So much so that Andy demands that he and the rest of the ex-cons get out of dodge and leave, and just leave him in Red alone to, mm-hmm. you know, to live their lives. However, the other ex-cons refuse. They say, "No, we're not going. You know, you can't kick us out. It's not who made you the." king of this place and Red is kind of caught in the middle trying to keep the peace between Andy who really wants everyone else to leave mm-hmm. and his friends who he kind of invited down so it's kind of his yeah. fault uh, so that happens it creates quite a, sen- a tense situation for a short period of time mm-hmm. and then after a few days Hayward goes out drinking again and then he goes missing and some days later his body is washed up on the beach oh. having br- been brutally beaten well, I wonder who did that who could possibly have done it yeah so as the so I think it was the warden. Yeah. So I'm thinking the meat. Bruce Willis. Yeah. So I'm thinking as the film. I'm thinking the meat of this film is going to be like, because I was thinking like we've done two Stephen King films now, mm-hmm. neither of which have been horror films, mm-hmm. which is what he's best known for. So I'm think I would like. I'm imagining this is kind of like once we've got the setup of all these kind of old ex cons being like offed one by one by a mysterious killer, mm. and I think, I like the idea of like a classic slasher movie setup, but we're all the victims rather than being like busty young women. Or just like old men. <laughs> I've never seen that in a horror film. Before. I'm quite interested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. So you'd have all the chase scenes, but they've all got like dodgy hips and like walkers, so it's not very, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. It's hard of them to get away. So. So how's Andy Dufresne doing? Is he still got all his hips? Yeah, well, t- Tim Robbins is a little bit younger. Like Morgan Freeman now is, I believe, 82, and I think Tim Robbins is about 65, so. Mm. He's relatively young on the scale, but a lot of the other ones are definitely older and a bit more frail, I'm thinking, so, yeah. They don't all have to be, like, super old, but I just like this concept of, like, a, a slasher film where the victims are old men, not mm-hmm. young women, which is, you know, how, how, how most of these films play out. Yeah. Are you going to have it that, you know, at one point where there's a spree of murders, one of them is actually just natural causes? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's like a bit of a final destination for yeah. someone. Just, you know, someone just drowns, or just well, no, I meant just dies of like, or just has a heart attack. Yeah, yeah it just, just kills over. Yeah, someone just doesn't wake up. He just dies yeah. in his sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, as more and more of the original crew starts to get bumped off, Red does start to wonder if Andy might be responsible for this. You know, he's obviously prime suspect number one, and so he, he writes to an old contact in back in America, maybe one of the nicer prison guards, or maybe a prisoner who's still... Maybe a prisoner who's gone out, but somebody. He's got a contact, anyway. He writes to them to kind of look into Andy's old case from when he was, obviously, imprisoned for murdering his wife. 
Uh, and it turns out that Elmo Blatch, which is the name of the man who allegedly did kill Andy's wife, mm-hmm. uh, that Tommy, the young lad, mm-hmm. had encountered. It turns out that Elmo Blatch guy was actually cleared of all charges, but it turned out he was a delusional fantasist who'd never committed a real crime in his entire life. Oh. So he just made all that shit up. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So this is this now makes Andy obvious suspect number one. Mm. So Red starts to fear for his own safety. And so he confronts Andy directly about this space of murder that's happening. Mm-hmm. And Andy at this point does admit that he actually did kill his wife back in the 1940s. Uh, but he still denies all knowledge of this current, more recent killing spree. Mm-hmm. So wow. now Red doesn't know what to believe. You know, Andy's very compromised at this point. Mm. Uh, so the deaths continue to pile up. And soon Andy and Red are the last two standing. So all the other ex-cons have now been killed. So obviously Red's a little bit nervous at this point, you know, and he secretly makes plans to get out of town and head back to America, reasoning that he'd rather risk prison by going back to America than wind up just being killed in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So he's like planning his great escape, not telling Andy, obviously, because he still thinks Andy might well be the killer. Mm-hmm. The night before he's due to make his escape, he's attacked by a masked knife-wielding stranger in a wheelchair. In a wheelchair? In a wheelchair. <gasps> Charles Xavier. It is not Professor X. <laughs> Good guess. Good guess. But it, it is not Patrick Stewart as Professor X. I've not done that crossover. I thought that'd be too... Oh, it's Battle Bugs. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Oh, you... Well, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. yeah. So you'd think being in a wheelchair would put, make this killer a bit ineffectual. But of mm. course, Morgan Freeman's 82 yeah. and it's a really good wheelchair. So actually, <laughs> actually, he, like, he does just, he just rams into his knees, sends him down and it looks like all hope is lost. Like Morgan, the guy, the masked killer... Who is Boggs? It's all right. That's fine. I'm I was excited going. by yeah, that. Sorry. Cool. He's, yeah, it looks like all hope <laughs> is lost. are made to be guessed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like Morgan Freeman's <laughs> about to get murdered, but then Andy Dufresne runs in at the last minute, shoves Boggs, I guess we'll just say it's Boggs aside, unmasks him, and yes, it turns out it's Boggs. <laughs> no. <laughs> sorry. I know. Try to control your surprise guess. Um, I love guessing Tom's twists before they happen. I, want, I once got one of them right out the gate. Like he starts telling a story. Is it Star Wars? Damn it! <laughs> so angry. So angry. <laughs> so yes, it's Boggs. Uh, but it's, so the reason, the rationale is, you know, Boggs has. It turns out Boggs has served his time in prison. You know, after mm-hmm. being brutally beaten and confined to a wheelchair. Rebuilt his life on the outside, but became obsessed with getting revenge on Andy Dufresne, who was the guy who, lest we forget, organised for him to be beaten with an inch of his life. Mm-hmm. You know? So he obviously mm-hmm. has a lot of resentment. Uh, so he's, he's, so still... like he's trying to get his, his revenge on Andy Dufresne by killing all of Andy Dufresne's friends. Yes, to, and then frame He's playing the long game. He wants to frame him for the murder. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. He wants to kill everyone oh, else and then it. frame Andy, yep. basically. Rather than killing him is too easy. You know? mm-hmm. he's, got, he's got to ruin his life first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. He used his contacts in the inside to learn that Andy and Red had disappeared down to Mexico and he mm-hmm. followed them down and he's been stalking them ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't look too deeply into how a wheelchair-bound man has managed to do all this. It's, you know... <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's plausible. Some yeah. people achieve great things. With time and planning and a bit, a bit of WD-40 on the wheels. Indeed. Just to keep them quiet. Hmm? Don't, don't want squeaky wheels. No. You can't creep up on anybody. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> and that's pretty much where we end. I guess we're going to end with Morgan Freeman giving another... Like narration about how he was sorry he ever doubted his friend, and this is going to be playing out over the two of them burying Boggs's body. You know, obviously <laughs> they're going to kill him. Wow, sinister! And, uh, sinister, and then they're going to yeah, they're going to live happily ever after, just the two of them on their little Mexican all, fishing. All their friends have been killed. All their friends have been killed, and it's yeah. just back down to the status quo of the two of them. Yeah. So we end where we began, I guess. Great, <laughs> oh, right. and that is um, Shawshank Redemption to the Shawshank Resurrection. Great. So. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, nobody gets resurrected. <laughs> no, I guess Boggs, you know, was left for dead. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay, it yeah. sounds horror movie-ish. I was just thinking of like a horror yeah. movie-ish kind of title. Yeah. Sure. I mean, Shot of Redemption wasn't the most accurate title, well, so indeed, it's, yeah, it's, so, it's in keeping. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, oh, very good. that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually stupid. I like it. Yeah, I like Yeah, well, I just thought I'd like to do like a, a classic Stephen King horror, mm-hmm. whereas this is obviously not a horror film. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was my starting point. And I was like, also, I was also thinking about the fact that for a hero, Andy is quite, you know, morally compromised. But, you know, maybe he did kill his wife. You know, mm-hmm. it's a pretty mm-hmm. convenient story that gets him off from that. Mm-hmm. And also he does definitely, I know Boggs is a, obviously a terrible person, who, you know, a serial rapist. I'm not trying to like defend Boggs, but he does ultimately arrange for Boggs to be brutally beaten, which is pretty, you know, mm-hmm. it, it does say he never walked again and he drank through a straw for the rest of his life. So it wasn't just like a, it wasn't a warning beating. It was a full on, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. attempted murder. So I just thought, yeah, maybe, maybe he's made some enemies. Well, yeah. one very specific enemy. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That, that, that's pretty much it. Wow, great. Very good. Mm. All right, on to you, yeah. Sam. Great. Mine doesn't stand up quite as strongly as that. <clears throat> Spoiler alert, neither does mine. <laughs> <laughs> mine is also like a direct follow-on. Good, yeah. So it picks up at the end of the story. Mm-hmm. And the start is at the point of um, when Red leaves the prison gates. Oh, okay. And the so before he reconnects with Andy entirely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. yeah, so that that will, that, that will happen at the end of the last film, but you, okay. uh, the film starts with, like, the end of that scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, Red jogs on, and uh, the guards walk back in, okay. and uh, you're returned back to prison life, and prison life carrying on. Okay. Um, oh, without, I see, yeah. You so know, with, without the two main characters that have been, oh, you know... It's like a power vacuum in many ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um... Haywood becomes the guy who knows how to get things. Okay. But he also consistently messes up everyone's order. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Makes sense. um, And um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what what else kind of goes in to fill that power power vacuum, really. I'm not sure what other characters really um, need replacing. There's there's the warden and the captain of the guard as well. Yeah, Yeah, they'll need need, need to be a new warden at some point. I I didn't think to that kind of detail. I don't know who would have... Well, that could be a fun time to just bring in some brand new characters with different casting. So, like, what actors would you like to see fill those roles? Mm-hmm. Mm. Then you can get a bit silly with things. I don't know. You could say, you could say, like, oh, Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Does anyone come to mind for you, Melissa McCarthy? No, um, Warden James Corden. Oh God, <laughs> Warden Corden. Warden Corden. Oh, God Almighty, that sounds bleak. <laughs> wow. Is this film a musical? Sure, okay. Headguard Neil Patrick Harris. You know, I actually did think that um, it could have been done as a musical mm-hmm. or an opera. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised the original hasn't been mm. done as a musical in some mm. capacity. Like, yeah. uh, Probably has in this world. Maybe some, I'm sure someone's tried it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Bruce Willis would make a good captain of the guard. Oh, oh yeah. he'd be a good villain, villainous warden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Not a villainous warden. Oh, a nice warden? No. Oh, captain I, think, I, I think villainous James Corden, the warden. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, you seem pretty sold on James Corden. It rhymes. Oh, right, I didn't mean it to rhyme, but it does, and I'm sticking with it now. Okay, fine. And um, I like the tie-in with another, like, you know, because you've got Hayward there, who's um, a baddie in Die Hard 2, mm-hmm. and then Bruce Willis is there as well. Then you've oh. got, you know, a bit of cross-pollination. Yeah. Very good. If um, only Alan Rickman was still alive. <sighs> only. <laughs> but that was Die Hard 1. That was Die Hard 1, but I mean, I, I say that most days, regardless of what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> if only Alan Rickman was still alive. <laughs> Wake up in the morning, hang over. Yeah. Only Alan Rickman was here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so things just carry on, and uh, time continues to to jump randomly and unpredictably, 
um, and people don't really age because the only people that were even marginally aging have left now. Yeah. Actually, I did come up with like an alternative plot idea in that um, since because I, I really latched onto the fact that no characters really aged yeah. aside from those two, and mm. uh, uh, since they left. They were actually maintaining this anti-aging bubble. Okay. <laughs> so, so everyone else, now they've gone. Everyone else ages really quickly. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay. Like dramatically quickly. Um, it's not just this prison full of like old, <clears throat> like old decrepit old men. Yeah. Yeah, like massively rapid onset arthro- yeah. arthritis. Oh no! And, like you know, hair loss everywhere mm-hmm. and like lots of dementia. So, so the floor is just covered in hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people who have, you know, they don't even know what they are, who they are and what they're doing. And this is not just inmates, it's, you know, the guards. The guys, everyone. Well, yeah, just... everyone. This time bubble was... Uh, just broken. Like, the, 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 the universe has got to, like, you know, equal out a bit from this kind of... The deficit. So, um, <clears throat> but I, I'm not quite sure if I can weave that into this, um, this sequel. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, carry on. We'll see what we can do. So, yeah, um, it, it all just carries on and everyone just, you know, ticks along because that kind of, um, the main characters of interest have left right up until the cuts in um, spending and cuts in funding mm-hmm. uh, come in because, like I said, it's, it, it, it did seem like quite an affluent library by the end yeah. and, like, it's as if they wanted... Um, people in prisons to actually come out like you know having had a formative experience mm-hmm. and that's um not really the modern case is it so yeah, yeah due to prison cuts the um the prison then becomes a co-ed prison oh okay um so you've got it, it's not just a, a male only prison you've, oh okay they've now they've, it's now mixed okay uh, just to you know because it's to save some money to yeah. save a bit of money <clears throat> so now when these new people come in do they also get aged up by 20 years at the moment they step through the door yeah, I wonder. I <laughs> that would be quite a Stephen Kingy thing in itself. It was like the prison was like cur- it's like an, on, on an Indian burial ground. It's cursed, and like as soon as you step into it, you age. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and so then like people work it out, judges work it out, and then they're like, "I'm going to sentence you to 20 years," and they're like, "Please not Shawshank, please not Shawshank, mm. in Shawshank," and then they come out like 100 yeah. years older because it's like 20 yeah. to life, isn't it? It's like it's 20 years unless you die in that 20 years, and so <clears> to send them to a prison where they're going to age 20 years, you're never going to have to rehabilitate them because they'll mm. probably die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Wow. Uh, I think it. I think. I think actually, yeah, the damage that they've done is permanent at Shawshank. The damage that Andy and Red did. Mm-hmm. There's a permanent like time bubble mm. that's been burst, and uh, the repercussions are just on everyone, every inmate from now on. <laughs> Damn. <clears throat> um, and then um, you get a nice bonus surprise where the cast from Orange Is the New Black gets. Oh, they actually get a oh, yeah. lovely. Yes. Lovely, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so. Um, there's just and they all like they all age up as well. They all age so fast. So like Captain Janeway, who's already aged a lot mm-hmm. from Star Trek Voyager mm-hmm. to become red in Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. Well, she's just like up another level. Oh, Crikey! Um, <laughs> um, what about uh, Natasha Leone plays Nikki with the really big hair? Uh, like, oh yeah, yeah. She's still got all that really big hair. Uh, and is it still bright orange? It wasn't bright orange when I've I've not watched it for a long time. Oh, well, different seasons. Mm. Maybe it's like it's now grey. Yeah. Mm. So maybe yeah, the uh, yeah that everybody well, ages up a little bit. Everybody, I think a grey streak in the orange. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm really interested in this, and I'm stuck on the fact that everybody's aging up, but I just want to see every character just aged up twenty years. Yeah, it's fast moving. Mm-hmm. It really is. Also, the yard outdoors. Mm. Um, it continues to mysteriously rise in altitude. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, and then, so skipping to the end, you basically, um, the final scene is you've got a bunch of old men and women 
staggering out of a sewage pipe covered in shit. Um, <laughs> what a piece because, of image. Because they've all dug their way out through mm-hmm. the catacomb tunnels of Shawshank. Okay. And the prison guards are all too old and decrepit and dementia-ridden to um, to actually know what's going on. <laughs> to actually think that the same thing might happen twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And the yard is actually like the height of the first floor window. Great. And, yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, that was the sequel. <laughs> and the name uh, I came up with was the Shawshank Renaissance. The Shawshank Renaissance, I like it. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining Captain Janeway just in the Andy Dufresne role now, just like just crawling through the shit. <laughs> oh, <no. clears throat> so we have um, Die Hard Two, we have Orange Is the New Black, and Star Trek Voyager all Which featuring huge, yeah. in. Um, oh. Can the evil prison warden be played by Jerry Ryan, aka Seven of Nine? <laughs> She'd be good at that. Wow. Yeah. Fine, I'll let James Corden go. Yeah. Well, maybe they can both be wardens. Yeah. Maybe when it becomes a co-ed, she's yeah, okay. like the female representative. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That works. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, mine. Um, I've come up with a few ideas because I was thinking about how. The Shawshank Redemption feels like it's the last film in a series. Mm. You the know, title like, does give it that Die sense. Hard Redemption or yeah. something. Like, it, mm. it sounds like that. Yeah. So I thought just... Well, There's not been a born redemption, has there? There's been a born ultimatum and a born identity. Well, and and a born, supremacy. And a born supremacy, <clears throat> but not a born and, redemption. And something else. And then one that was just called Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah. Why do they ruin the naming scheme? That's What's wrong the... with them? Was that the one where they got a different actor to play? No, no that was the one where they got Matt Damon back after oh, okay. the Jeremy Renner film. That was it. The Jeremy Renner, born for a while. Okay. Not a good idea. Okay, yeah. so anyway, carry on. Sorry. Yes, and then it just uh, turned into me just taking different film titles and seeing what goes with it. So, Shawshank Episode 5, The Warden Strikes Back. <laughs> okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> so, turns out the Warden fate is death. Andy has now gone into training as a miner, while Red is off sailing the seas. So Andy's gone as a trainer. Andy's gone into to train to become a miner, as in okay. mine, mining caves. Oh, because he's good at digging. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Okay. Is that to is that like to represent Luke Skywalker training? Yeah. yeah, a Jedi. Okay. While while Red, you know Han Solo, is off sailing the seas and uh, stops at some beautiful island. Um, he needs to get some spare part for his boat or something, but he's tricked. The warden's there. Oh no! And he gets locked in a cell. Oh, okay. Andy heard of this news and stops his training early, even though his his mining master says, "Finish your training, you must. Ready, you are not." Who is playing the training <laughs> master? <laughs> I don't know. Some guy called uh, Yago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. These are all very quick ideas. Don't need to cast sure. Them. Okay. Sure. So he rushes to the island only to find out the warden is his father. <gasps> oh. oh no. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> to be continued. That would have been a good twist. Shawshank episode six: Return of the Chisel. Okay. <laughs> Andy breaks Red out of a prison run by an obese gangster, okay. but not before having to ch- chisel lots of people to death. Mm-hmm. He then returns to his training. His master immediately says he is now a qualified miner after having done no more training, mm-hmm. and then fades away into nothingness or a dark cave, <laughs> never to be seen again. Andy and Red um, and some other friends then all mount an attack on the newly built, fully operational Shawshank. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> They destroy it and we'll have a party with some teddy bears in a factory next door. Oh, do you think? Do you think that the? Do you think that the? You know, you mentioned the fact that there should have been like a grill on the end of the pipe. Mm. Do you reckon that represents the little bit, the, the, the little like pipe at the Death Star? The, 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 the energy, all, energy. It all ties yeah. up. It yeah, all ties yeah. up. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, that the works. weakness that was engineered yeah, into yeah, yeah. Shawshank yeah. by its designer, who was originally part of the, you know, initial rebellion pre-Shawshank, mm. yeah. that you know designed a flaw in there, but yeah. like hid it really well and sacrificed yeah. his entire life to. Many character actors died to bring them this information. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, right, well, I've got a few of these. They're not all Star Wars. Okay, we're um, not going to do I, the fan... We're going to do some, a disappointing prequel trilogy, are we? <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that. Okay, no. fine. <laughs> but it would have one. Of course. Yeah. Hence the episode five and episode six title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So uh, next one is Mission Impossible, The Shawshank Escape, mm-hmm. which is a Mission Impossible sequel, where the gang are all caught, stripped of their tech, and have to break out. Simon Pegg creatively creates masks which they can all use to pretend to be guards. Oh, so this is the actual Mission Impossible career we're caught yeah. and sent to Shawshank. Uh, Tom Cruise does all his own stunts mm-hmm. and takes out enough of the guards so they all have uniforms. And also Ving Rhames is there too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, moving on. <laughs> just hanging out with Rhett, with Morgan Freeman. Just, like, <laughs> just being like, white people. <laughs> Andy Dufresne and the Chamber of Secrets. Mm. Um, Andy finds a chamber underneath Shawshank, which has lots of snakes. He kills one of them with a shiv, the shiv that used to own to one of the four founders of the prison, Godric Gryffindor. Godric Gryffindor. Mm. Okay. In the following six films, he does many things. He meets a long-lost uncle who also broke out of prison. He competes in the tri-prison tournament, breaks into government and stops some kind of conspiracy. Then, after Red is murdered, he collects and destroys a few of the warden's things, and then eventually kills the warden himself. Okay, so the warden once again survived the original film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one's a bit more of a stretch. Shawshank 2, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. Uh, Andy Dufresne is, uh, is now the captain of a large boat, um, larger than the end of the original, uh, with a crew. The boat is, of course, called the Enterprise. But this time there's a new villain, Khan. <laughs> Khan imprisons them, and it's up to Andy to not just escape, but break out his entire crew from prison and take down Khan. Ooh. I forget the plot of the film. <laughs> I've not seen Wrath of Khan. No. But do they end up on a prison ship? Sure, yes. That makes sense. Yes, that, that, makes that, that is a thing, so yeah. yeah. That, yeah, that, that makes be... good sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they have to take down a ship by using their old ship to, like, destroy it. So uh-huh. they destroy their ship, a la they destroy the Enterprise in that film, I believe. Okay. Right. I, I've never seen the Rafikan, or if I have, I've forgotten all about it. So. Cool. Okay, well, I've got my, la- my last one here, which is a good one. Um, Shawshank 2, Back in the Habit. Okay. Oh, that, that's, oh, oh, okay. oh, that's great. You're on comfortable ground there. Um, so Andy feels sorry for all the other inmates that he left in prison mm-hmm. um, after his escape because things must have got much more difficult for them because there would no longer be the allowance for luxuries like posters and you know tiny little pickaxes and harmonicas and you know probably a lot less smuggling going on and stuff. Yeah. prison would have cracked down on security so he decides he wants to stop breaking people out of prison mm-hmm. and he thinks that people some people have been unfairly imprisoned and he wants to break them out just worldwide so he creates a fake company where um, disguised as nuns um, him and his new crew, they go into prisons posing as motivational choir nuns. Okay. When they have the reputation to get hired by Shawshank, they go in with some extra nun outfits and then break out all of Andy's old friends during an extravagant musical number. Very good. I was thinking you were going to go with Morgan Freeman, the red character, reconnect with his long estranged ex-wife, played by Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so great. Mm. <laughs> and then they do, they, they, it does turn into the musical. Basically, yes. Um, yeah. And um, it's a beautiful reenactment of, um, well, no, it's a beautiful realization of like Morgan Freeman's singing voice. Yeah, I don't Ooh. think I've ever heard him sing, but I'd, I'd be interested to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably not very good, or else we would have heard it. Just probably. like Whoopi Goldberg's. Yeah, true. You don't really hear yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Whoopi, I love you. <laughs> Does she listen to this? 
She's a big fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say she's a bitch. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, just... I would never speak ill of Whoopi Goldberg. Come on. Goodness, Harry. No. Sorry. <laughs> um, that's all the ideas I've got, unless you guys got any others. I, mean, I, I, did, have a few, I did have a few other titles, but I didn't put anything to them. Um, too Fast, Too Shawshank, I know listening submissions would have done. Yeah. Uh, Shawshank 2, Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. You know, cross it over with Terminator. The, mm-hmm. war, the warden again rises again with more powerful than. You know. Ah, yeah, of course. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't back and yeah, yeah. Judgment Day has been postponed. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shawshank with a vengeance. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Shawshank Two, Simba's Pride. Really Shawshank Two, Simba's. Pride. I really did not know where to go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> back in the habit's great. Back in the habit. It's yeah, you, you can't go wrong with Back in the Habit. Yeah. Any sequel yeah. pitch that begins Back in the Habit. Yeah. yeah. I think I started strong with Star Wars as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Yes, that's what I got. Very good, very good. Thank you for that, <laughs> Harry. It was um, offbeat as usual. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Should we get to some uh, listener submissions? Yeah, sure. Okay, so first listen one listen submission here from Jake Bonham says, 180 minute long movie of Andy crawling through the shit pipe. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds fun. <laughs> yes. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like, like Terrence Malick would direct or something. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's not the only listen submission I've had that's that. Okay, oh, that's a popular choice. People just want more shit. Yeah. Great. The shit in real time, yeah. Whether there's people want going through shit pipes or not, that's the submission that people are asking for with other yeah. films. Mm-hmm. Good. Yep. Good to know. Uh, Phil Better says, It's 25 years later. Both Andy and Red are relaxed on a beach raising their families. US Marshals come raiding in. There's a car chase with Red ending up dead. <gasps> oh, no. Andy goes back to jail to serve out his sentence. However, his kids set up an elaborate plan to break him out of jail, since they all know how the first prison escape went, and call it Shawshank Reduc. Shawshank Reducted? Reduc? Oh, oh, Shawshank Redux. Redux? Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Okay, sure. Sounds good. My pronunciation is not great, but that's not a surprise to you. Okay, so Grant Weaving says Shawshank Revenge. Turns out Morgan Freeman killed Tom Robbins' wife. Tim Robbins' wife. Sorry. Oh gosh. Okay. Wow. That'd be a good twist. That would be a good. very good twist. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that Shawshank idea. Of that. Revenge. Mm. Okay. Darren McGill says prequel: the murder of Andy's wife and his planning of the murder. It's called Shawshank: The Shanking. Oh, so that also implies that he did the murder himself. It wasn't mm. that random guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brian Elliott says Shawshank Redemption Two: Secret of the Use. Andy mutates into a toxic Avenger type character after escaping prison. <laughs> I mean, he has been in contact with a lot of like, yeah, yeah. weird chemicals. So possibly, yeah, sure. <laughs> so you mean we and chemicals? Did, was it? Chemical. Oh, I, I, I meant to say weird chemicals, but yeah, we and chemicals also work. Yeah, so, so. yeah good. <laughs> Daniel Sanchez says, "Shawshank Redemption Two. This time it's personal. Mm-hmm. Andy and Morgan Freeman come back on that boat Andy was fixing to take revenge on the prison because, as it turns out, the prison itself actually killed Andy's wife." Oh. <laughs> very good, very good. I like that. What, so the building. Yeah, yeah, just got up one day. And, yeah. Great. great. And my last one is Vinny Policastro says Shawshank Vacation. It's Red and Andy just living it up in Mexico, going out on their boat and shit, and then occasionally having to run uh, run from the cops, Benny Hill style. <laughs> I would like it if the, if the score to this film, which it does have a lovely score, was replaced purely by Yakety Sax from Benny Hill. <laughs> <laughs> just like Andy's like crawling through the mud just like I have some as well Scott Meeker said the Shawshank Redemption Andy and Red are caught by Mexican authorities and placed in a brutal and seemingly impenetrable prison in Mexico hijinks ensue 
Uh, Michael Gettings said, After Red's death from old age, Andy is picked up by Special Agent Brooks, grandson of Brooks was here, Brooks. You know, the old, the old man. <laughs> There's going to be an assassination attempt. The target, the president. The assassin, Boggs, now a criminal mastermind. Oy. And the stage, Shawshank Prison. Andy will have to break in to save the world in Shawshank 2 Redemption. Save the world, or just the president? Oh, save, I guess saving the president means saving the world in this reality. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing that president's not Trump. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam Capitano said the Rorschach Redemption. Wow. He says he's not sure he wants to offer a potential plot synopsis for that. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Brian Vaughn says twenty years later, Andy is still sending down that damn boat. <laughs> <laughs> Was he just the whole time waiting for Red, just like sanding that boat, like, like for a good ten years? Like, I guess maybe yeah. he probably had a myriad different tasks. Yeah, he was just busy with. Just very used to just trying to break through things. Yeah. Just trying to sand a hole in it just to get into it. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Johnny James Fuller said the Hobbs and Shawshank Redemption. Oh, okay. Very, yeah. very yep. current. Uh, Josh Nolette said... It's a Fast and Furious spin-off called Hobbs yeah. and Shaw. Yeah. Jason Statham's in it. Uh, Josh Nolette says, Andy and Red move to Hollywood under assumed names. Red becomes the premier voiceover narrator in the industry, and Andy manages him and becomes a major Hollywood player. So I Amazing. guess that's just Tim Robbins and Great. Morgan Freeman's real lives. Um, <laughs> Isa Ahmad said, forget it, just reboot the first movie in the series, Shawshank Demption. <laughs> ah, right, okay. Stuart Jip said Shawshank 2, back to the shank. Mm-hmm. Mika Ladonia said, a young Red and Andy go to high school and are framed for pulling the fire alarm in the Shawshank detention. <laughs> bad. It's yeah. very bad. And Mika Wynn just said, I don't know, but Andy and Red need to fuck in this one. <laughs> you weren't the only one to pick that up. Though. No, it's yeah. not just me, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then over to Twitter, so there's some more on Twitter, I'm afraid. Uh, at Quiz and Hers said, can we just get a sequel in which Andy and Red happily live out their days in, as pals in that unpronounceable Mexican village and no one tries to frame them, rape them or kill them? They've been through enough, guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Bloatbusters at Bloatbusters said, You utter bastards. This is my favourite film and I've tried hard to think of a suitable sequel or prequel idea for years and I've got exactly nothing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at, at False Starts Pod said, Andy and Red go fishing in real time for two hours and just shoot the shit. They deserve a break. I'm spotting a theme here. A lot of people are just like, leave them alone! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One good thing at OGT Pod said, we've got to go back for my opera record. <laughs> He's left his opera CD. He's got an opera vinyl. He's, they've got to break it back in and get it back. Uh, at Nerd Adonis said, I have seen this movie. Oh, good. Uh, and my sequel will be called Shawshank Redemption, Blood and Freedom. Instead of a chick flick with dudes, it's a fight flick with social commentary that would raise the question, how can a system this flawed hope to reform anyone? So... Sure, okay. I'm nearly done, but we have a long one now from the Unexceptionals podcast, at underscore Unexceptionals, said, This sequel idea starts immediately after they embrace on the beach. We're going to de-age the actors with CGI to make those 25 years mean nothing. Mm -hmm. Andy and Red promise to stay in touch as they have no one else in the outside world. Fast forward 20 years and it's Red's funeral. How depressing. Uh, A handful of people are standing around the casket that's getting lowered into the ground, but Andy isn't in this crowd. Instead, we find him sitting on a bench in the distance. He walks away before the casket is fully lowered into the ground, overwhelmed with emotion. We follow Andy's struggle to grieve his friend's death as he is almost angry at being left alone. He has every reason to be angry as the state hasn't supported him as an ex-convict. One evening his anger boils over and he ends up assaulting a guy in a bar and is taken to court. This part of the movie can highlight people's prejudices against ex-cons. The film ends with Andy in court as he asks to plead his case. 
He uses the opportunity to monologue how unjustly he has been treated as an ex-con by the state and by his own neighbours. He summarises that he's not surprised he's ended up where he was, as that's where people want him to be. It's an emotional end to the film where the gavel is smashed and he's sentenced to jail once again. Mm. What a downer. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, but yeah. I mean, can I just ask, what put me to an ex-con? I thought he was just a wanted man. Well, I guess he's both. As he, was a, he was a fugitive. Yeah. I guess he's more of a fugitive than an ex-con, mm. yeah. At movie blog Merck just said, one line pitch, The Fugitive with Andy and Red. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I guess that's a remake of the actual film, The Fugitive. Mm. Uh, at I used to watch this, said, Andy and Red start a charter fishing service, eventually with several boats all run by their old buddies from jail. Oh, this is like my idea. Yeah. They are forced to run drugs from what they think is the CIA as part of an undercover operation, and all of them get arrested and thrown in jail again. Bleak, but sure. <laughs> uh, two more. At We Watch Anything, said, The Shawshank Retribution. A former Shawshank guard tracks down Andy, and he once more escapes, but only after Red is killed in the scuffle. Andy then goes on a murderous revenge spree, ending with him breaking back into Shawshank to kill every guard and the governor before disappearing into the night, covered, but this time in gore. This time round, Andy Dufresne is played by Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh so it's like a John Wick-esque like, action version. Oh, actually, there's two more, sorry. At, but they're both shots. At the John O'Scott, <laughs> at the John O'Scott says, Shawshank sisters, where's Boggs? So, mm-hmm. following Boggs. Mm-hmm. And finally, at Cecil Hops said, it's exactly the same setup, but Andy is Paddington. And he kindly provided some memes of the recent Paddington movie mm. with Shawshank Redemption quotes, which obviously <laughs> don't read on a podcast, but are very funny. So I will share them on our social medias if Great. you're interested. And that's all. Yeah. God, that took a while. I guess it's a popular <laughs> film. But uh, yeah, so that was the Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. If you have any sequel ideas for the Shawshank Redemption, don't let us know. We've had enough. Um, <laughs> 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 now go ahead. Or any other films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all the podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play. You name it, run it. If we're not on it, let us know and we will get on it. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set, on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And we have exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. And Harry, mm-hmm. next week is my turn. Okay. It is. No, no. It no. wasn't a question, it's my turn. Yeah, no, it was, it was, was my just... t- it was my turn this week, so yeah. now it's John's now turn. Now it's my turn. Yeah, no, I've got that. I've more just sort of getting myself prepared, just like, all right. Okay. Well, no, I think you'll like this film. So we've done two Stephen King adaptations now, which are very male-heavy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Quite sausage party-ish. Um, they're not, no, not, not like the film Sausage Party. They're not like the film Sausage Party, but they are both You should big. watch that film, Sam. It is fantastic. It's really not. <laughs> uh, but they are definitely big on Sausage Party. So anyway, I thought I would do a classic Stephen King Just don't King watch adaptation. it in a public place. No, don't. No. Okay. I, think I, would, I thought I would bring, bring to the table a classic Stephen King adaptation that created an iconic female character. Mm-hmm. It won the actress an Oscar for Best Actress. Uh, and that actress was Kathy Bates. And that movie is Misery. Sounds a blast. It's not as depressing as that time. <laughs> it's a very good film. And actually quite funny. Sounds it. It genuinely is. Have yeah. you seen Misery? I haven't seen Misery. I think I seen I, Misery. You, we, we never got around to watching it okay. when we were growing up together as students. Fair enough. Is it Sorry. based off the Green Day song of the same name? I don't, I don't know that song. I would imagine the Green Day song could be based off the film, possibly. So, I, I, know, I know you know that Green Day song very well. You used to play it in your band. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> you don't want to spoil the film. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, yes. I haven't seen the film either. Uh, sure. It's Billy Armstrong in it. No. Okay. 
So it's not a Green Day film. It's not. It's not a Green Day biopic, sadly. But um, oh, written by Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King in the eighties wrote a Green Day biopic. It took a while for it to come prescient. <laughs> but, yeah. It's a good film. You'll like it. Okay. I'm pretty confident. I, I'm not saying this in the way that I thought you'd like *Oglen Close Season*. I genuinely think you'll like this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So join us next My week. My sequel may be called *American Idiot*. That's fine. If that's the route you want to go down, it's fine. So join us next week for *Misery*. Great. Thank you for Thank you, on, Sam. Yeah, thank you, Sam, for joining us. I'm Always my, a pleasure. I'm putting my thumbs up to the microphone. Excellent. Good. It's putting a thumbs up right back at you. Yeah. It's not got any thumbs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, join us next week for Misery. Yep. See you next time. Bye. bye. Oh, bye. So hot and ill. So.